truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to The Blaze, where we are live and on demand. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can like us on Facebook, but they don't like us, so you need to like us there a lot. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, you can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Just email us. Steve at SteveDace.com. And the last name, for those of you that don't have that trusty graphics package in front of you because you're listening today on Blaze Radio or later uh, on demand via the podcast, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Coming up a little bit later on today, in fact, in this hour, our good friends at The Family Leader have sent out some interesting invitations to their next event that you might find uh, worthy of discussing. And what are they hoping to accomplish with these invites? We're going to get to that coming up a little bit later on. Does your favorite politician love you as much as you come now and adore them? Uh, we will discuss that as we continue our Truth Bombs book study next hour. But we begin, as we always do, by getting an update from Aaron. Here's what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? A gunman entered the Shabbat of Poway Synagogue in San Diego, shooting and killing one person and injuring three before being stopped by an off-duty Border Patrol agent. Police took the 19-year-old shooter into custody and described him as acting alone apart from any organized group. Donald Trump held a rally in Wisconsin where he said this. We're aggressively pushing extreme late-term abortion, allowing children to be ripped from their mother's womb. Your Democrat governor here in Wisconsin shockingly stated that he will veto legislation that protects Wisconsin babies born alive, born alive. The baby is born. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap the baby beautifully. And then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby. I don't think so. Incredible. No, it's incredible. Until this crazy man in Virginia said it, nobody even thought of that, right? Did anyone even think of that? He was, of course, referring to comments from what seems like eons ago by Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Of course, Trump's comments sparked a lot of pearl clutching from all the usual suspects, but you already know that, so we'll move on. It was quite a weekend for journalism in the country, starting first with the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You folks should always remember you are heirs to a grand crusading uh, tradition. This is a glorious tradition. You folks are part of it, and we can't have politicians trampling on it with impunity. And that gets us, in an admittedly roundabout way, to this president. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the president. This is not his dinner, it is ours. I still separate my career into the period before February of 2017 and what came afterwards. And that's because February 2017 is when the President of the United States called us the enemies of the people. 
A few days later, I was driving my then 11-year-old son somewhere, probably soccer practice, when he burst into tears and asked me, is Donald Trump going to put you in prison? In completely unrelated news, the New York Times International Edition published this anti-Semitic cartoon depicting Bibi Netanyahu as a dog leading a yarmulke wearing Donald Trump. The New York Times later apologized and removed the cartoon. USA Today Opinion publishes a piece titled Kamala Harris Owns a Handgun. That's disqualifying for a 2020 Democrat in my book. Des Moines Register says, From Iowa farm boy to burlesque superstar, Iowan Cassandra Cass, on finding love and success as a transgender woman. New York Times opinion, The men at Fox News have a sickly obsession with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, partly because they resent her cleverness, charisma, and moral vitality, but mostly because they suspect that in high school she was one of those girls they had no hope of getting a date with. I could go on. On the campaign trail. I'm very, I'm incredibly proud to have served with him. The thing I'm proudest of is we coincidentally, we're each in a different part of the country uh, and we were each talking to groups of people that were being televised and at the same day, purely coincidentally, we had asked the question, what are you proudest of in your administration? And know what I said? It turns out he said the same thing and probably a little more clearly than I did. (laughs) Is that not one single whisper of scandal. Not one. Not one single whisper. Immigration, millions living in the shadows, working some of the toughest jobs, lucky to make a minimum wage, some not even making that, kept in modern-day bondage, their immigration status used as leverage to keep them down from fully participating in this country's success. In other news, Chicago prosecutor Kim Fox has been subpoenaed over her handling of the Jussie Smollett hate crime hoax. The U.S. economy grew by 3.2% in the first quarter, exceeding expectations. And finally, Bill Maher confronts Adam Schiff on the ongoing Russia collusion narrative. But, but, But this was our big gun. Now it just looks like you're stalking him. Uh, I, I think in the eyes of the people who don't follow it that closely, which is most of the country, was here's the thing about Bob Mueller. He's like the last person, maybe the last thing in America that left and right agreed on. Left and right basically agreed. This is a guy of honor. This is an honest guy. This is an honest broker. Whatever he says goes. Americans are not into details. Don't read it to me, Bob. Just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. The fact that he was like, uh. I, I don't, if you, were, if you couldn't impeach before, how are you going to impeach after? And that's what happened Well, we were away. Aaron's montage today brought to you by our friends at Freedom Project Academy. You know, right now there are over 50 million children wrapping up, getting ready to wrap up their final month of the school year in America's public schools. And the left is not even hiding it anymore. Uh, They are making it clear uh, that uh, when given control, which they have now with an iron grip, uh, their intentions are to indoctrinate the next generation with their ideology and not just indoctrinate them, but dumb them down as well. Uh, That's why millennials have to learn adulting, uh, basic skills gone, things that would encourage uh, critical thinking, independent living gone, because we've got to make you good little conforming statists, of course, while teaching you social justice, gender confusion, uh, etc. That's to combat this is exactly why Freedom Project Academy was created.
Uh, Freedom Project Academy is an accredited classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students from kindergarten all the way through high school. And Freedom Project Academy has taken the interaction of the traditional classroom and created an online an online atmosphere where students across the country are instructed by live teachers in small classes in a real classroom but virtual setting. And they're taught not how to think, or they're taught not what to think, but they're taught how to think for themselves. If you want to learn more about this, you can get your free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Well, let's get to Aaron's montage. We've had the latest uh, impassioned, arm-waving calisthenic from Beta O'Rourke, not so cleverly disguised as a speech. Uh, We're going to talk about his candidacy today on the Blaze Roundtable. Is there a reason why it just hasn't seemed to take off? Um, But, you know, the Iowa caucuses provide a somewhat unique environment. We still haven't had any of the debates yet. So maybe too early to say that that, that he is fizzling out on the campaign trail, or maybe not. We'll discuss that later today uh, on the Blaze TV Roundtable. Um, Let's start with Trump's comments on infanticide. And I, I think some of you, how do I put this? Bluntly, uh, I think some of you are going to have to make a choice. Some of you are going to have to decide. And this has nothing to do about voting. This has to do about winning an argument. Some of you are, that are, are in our audience and consider yourselves pro-life, you're going to have to decide. Is, do I want to save babies or is orange man bad? Because the orange man is going to quintuple down on this. Okay? He knows it's a winning issue. He knows that it is. He loves, we have always spoken, whether it was NFL flag deniers, you know, kneelers, he has always embraced cultural flashpoints. And this one is the flashiest of them all. And he is going to use language, the kind of language that we have used about what the barbarism that the, 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 the killing cult, the child killing industry, the death cult, we've been using language like that on shows like this and in forums like this amongst ourselves for many, many years before any of us knew what a Cheeto Jesus was or whether or not an orange man was bad. So some of you are going to have to decide whether you want to put the the death cult on the defensive or you just want to cling to your idol there. Because he is going to force them to defend this. I said this before, many of you panned me all the signs are there. I, I don't think, gentlemen, I, I don't think he's going to pull back the reins on this whatsoever. I, I think you're going to hear language like that at his convention during his nationally televised nomination speech. I think you're going to hear language like that um, next October during presidential debates. Hell, I, I could see Trump giving Bill Weld his alleged primary challenger, Bill Weld's a longtime social liberal, former governor of Massachusetts, to the left of Mitt Romney, actually. 
Um, I, I could see Trump granting Bill Weld a debate in a primary just so he could get on national TV and say stuff like that. He is going to prompt a conversation about this issue on a mainstream level and a very upfront level that most Americans, frankly, have never really had to, to acknowledge or confront because we have largely retreated to our philosophical talking points and, and, you know, the nomenclature that each side is comfortable with. Thoughts on that first, Todd? I agree. It, here's the thing, the, the one addition I would make. It, he can be forgiven to some extent for the way he politicked with ex- language like this on immigration and other things at the beginning of his presidencies, because we've all been there regarding this Republican Party. He could be forgiven for not understanding that he could say these things and would ultimately not get any help pushing them over the top from the party that claims to believe in those things. That was then. Here's now. I agree with everything you said. But if he has not, A, come to realize this. That's a problem. And B, if he has come to realize this and he has no plans to do anything about this other than just talk tough for political advantage, that gives me, and I'm not saying I know, but that gives me a sick feeling in my stomach while also agreeing with you. The language must happen, whether it's from him or from us or for whoever. But I pray, I pray that this is not just pure, raw political cynicism, him throwing chum out in the water and we're just all going to be a bunch of dupes who go right over the edge and get nothing because this is too, this is life and death. It must be more than words at some point. Yeah, um, I would agree with it. Here's here's the thing. Um, you may you may look, and a lot of people may look and listen to what Trump said over the weekend, and he said similar things before regarding infanticide, and they may see um, what Todd is saying, and they might see right through it and say this is just he's just throwing chum in the water, as Todd put it. Um, he is just basically politicking to his base. You know, uh, there's no there. That, and those people would probably, I would say, would probably be right. Here's the thing, though. And, and he, what Trump is doing here is he is going to force, if he keeps this up, he's going to force the other side to clarify what their positions are on abortion. And as we know, their special interests have bought and paid for a lot of them. They are not going to be able to play this down. So they may so people may look at Trump and say, eh, I don't believe a word he's saying, but when they they hear the Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. the Beta O'Works, the Joe Bidens of the world's world uh say, Yeah, yeah, we're really for infanticide. They may look at Trump and say, I don't believe a word you're saying. They will look at the Democrats and say, I sure as hell That's exactly right. Do not yep. agree with that. And I use hell on purpose. That's yep. that's the reaction. So Todd, I think you're right. And I think Two things, these things can be simultaneously true. Yeah. One, Donald Trump's messaging on this has to be this way. And if it is, it's a huge win if you're a pro-life, even if you think he's not. And even if we know he's not going to follow through with anything substantively. Uh, So those two things can be true at the same time. You have to, when people use language like this, and yes, it may be shameless politicking, but it's forcing a debate that none of the Republicans that preceded Trump and probably none of the ones who would like to will ever want to have. You need to cheer him on when he uses language with language like this, even if you think orange man bad, if you think you are pro-life. I know it's a hard pill to swallow. That's one that, we, you, that all of us have to work through every day. We, mm-hmm. I, I, 
I can't speak for for Steve or Tom. I I, I kind of know deep down this this is not going to be followed through because of I've already Trump, accepted that it won't. Trump's yeah because yeah. of Trump's problem yeah. uh, you know pro- problems trying to move his own party. But guys, come on, this is this is language we never. We never hear, and it's going to force an argument we never have. I don't want to spend our whole time on this, so let me just wrap, because there's other things in your montage I want to get to. So let me just wrap it up by saying this. I'm completely convinced this is just being done for political purposes. I, I do think that if you put a banning infanticide bill on his desk, I think he would sign it. I agree. I think he will lift almost no heavy lifting to f- compel his own party to to do that, because we've seen him lift almost no finger to compel his party to do virtually anything. This goes back to what we talked about last week. He has been great at what Aaron just described, but when it comes to moving his party affirmatively to enact the stuff he says, there's 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 nothing there. And and Aaron is exactly right. It may not be a matter. It, everybody knows they they that they 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 don't know when Trump really believes something. They all know that. These people who are thinking clearly, but they absolutely will believe that when the Democrats all come out and say, "Yeah, we want to do that," they will believe that they're serious about it. And at the very least, we're getting rhetorical advantage that we didn't get before from people who didn't cheat on their wives and were nicer people and folks you'd leave your children with overnight. They, they, they offered us no rhetorical advantage in this, in, this, in this argument whatsoever. In fact, think of another issue right now, anywhere in America, where they are respond if if if, it, if we're going to look at this as the two Americas now the left America and I'll I'll end this conversation part of the conversation with this question when you look at the the ongoing back and forth which is it's really a cold war now between the left America and what's left of America what other issue can you think of that they are responding to our America on there isn't one. Every other issue, they say something, we respond to them. They come up with a, gr- a Green New Deal. Matt Gates comes up with, the, no, this is the better one. Think of what other, name me any other issue other than Trump's comments on infanticide. Any other issue? Well. Where they are responding to us, they are on the defensive in response. Well, at times, not consistently, but over, it's uh, Obamacare, immigration. Uh, you think they're on the defensive on any of those issues? It, at times they have been. When? I mean, the, in oh, the last two during, years, that's obviously yeah, happened. Okay, I think I mean, the immigration, like uh, I would agree, the immigration the, issue they were on yeah. the defensive last year. Yeah, when they had well, the first, no, when they had the first shutdown. I agree, it, it okay. hasn't been consistent, but it's happened, and that's my point about what the ultimately the payoff. It, 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 what what this will be lasting this, about yeah, this rhetoric? This, even though it's absolutely needed, and if this is the guy, only Nixon could. I don't disagree with any about that, but I just also think that there's not necessarily any long term payoff either coming. Yeah, this can't be. Uh, we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare times a thousand as we win over a thousand elections, and then we don't repeal and replace Obamacare. Yeah, well, it's going to be that. Everything is that. That's true. This is being done. There, there's That's true. No substance or purpose is being accomplished with any of this. Let's just get that out in the open now, and let's just be honest about that. But most of most of what's being done is to create content to be discussed, not to actually move a policy anyway. And so that's why you have most of the American people can sum up their thoughts on the two parties with, I don't like Democrats, and I don't trust the Republicans. So, so just to be, I think, so the language that is absolutely necessary, I think we're saying that at least... Nothing else has opened up any doors. You can't necessarily foresee what doors might be opened up, but this language 
has to it requires something like this to open up the door where basically a political it, it, miracle it, 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 can yes, happen. It would be the only this kind of forcing the conscience is the only okay. chance you have of forcing I, that door open. I, yeah. It takes tough conversation. We yeah. both agree on that. The forcing of the conscience is the perfect way to end. I agree. Um the um I I really want to get away from this topic. I'm tired of it. Beyond sick of it. And it's it's a, it's become it's it reminds me of when I was in sports talk radio. And I used to say you can always tell when the host has nothing left to talk about. Every day I come in here, we talk about what's going to be on the round table. You give me a topic involving the media. What do I always do? Shoot it down or ignore it. I'm done. I, 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 I don't care. I, I just, you know, but I, I would rather, let's, let's just do, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? I, I mean, I, when I was in sports talk radio, I always knew when I was out of something to talk about or when I would listen to other shows when I traveled the country, when the host brought up, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame or what do you think, it, should there be a college football playoff? Well, now that's off the table because there is one. So now it's just, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't care. I, I don't care with the media. I don't. I mean, I, I don't f- monitor what they do all the time. Uh, similar to why I don't monitor what Russia Today does. We've discussed that. It's, it's opposition enemy media. All right. That being said, I don't believe for a second that dude's 11-year-old kid cried. And I don't believe that moment ever happened. I think that's a total lie. You're just a hater. That totally happened. I, yes, I will. Yes, I am. Of course it didn't happen. It never happened. It didn't happen. 100%. Bet my life on it. Never happened. Anybody want to doubt me, Todd? No. Aaron? Uh, repeat what I just said. You're just a hater, Steve. I may be a hater, but it, I bet my mortgage, my, my contract, that never your eleven Your 11-year-old kid didn't ask you that. Okay. No, I don't. I don't believe that at all. His... His 11-year-old inner child may have said that to him. Yes. Was that Matt Iglesias, uh, yes. by the way? That was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it seems a little contradictory to hold simultaneously the positions. We have no intellectual curiosity whatsoever into what uh, transpired and was behind one of the worst mass domestic death incidents, mass murders in American history. And we are the uh, noble gatekeepers of democracy. That, that seems like a... Uh, I mean, I'm yeah, not, I'm not on, exactly sure you can hold to those two views at the same time, but YOLO. Yeah, on the same weekend, too, that a mass shooting at a synagogue was thwarted. They published an anti-Semitic uh, cartoon in the uh, New York Times International. I'm sure that's, you know, that's really building the case for, for gatekeepers of of democracy. But when I saw, when I talk about enemy media, opposition media, that they see you as their enemy in opposition. It's, it's, it's what Time Magazine did this weekend. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember when that was a venerable oh, yeah. publication. I mean, I've got a framed Time magazine amongst my memorabilia at home uh, from when the Empire, from 1980, when the Empire Strikes Back originally came out and the pop culture phenomenon back then that Star Wars was. Um, all of the great journalism that that publication has been responsible for for decades, it's now reduced to Trump called Nick Bosa, who's white. And was the number two pick to congratulate him, but didn't call the black quarterback Kyler Murray because who was the number one pick because he's a racist. If, if Kyler Murray had worn a MAGA hat to the NFL draft, he'd be at the Rose Garden getting a Medal of Honor today. Okay. Trump likes him some Trump quite a bit, actually. And so he tends to like others who like Trump. 
Um, and no one else is ever like that, right? No, no. <laughs> I mean, what's your what's your favorite uh, amalgamation? Again, I always forget, Aaron, but I want to do it justice. What is it again? Uh, the Muslim atheist, uh, transgender, vegan lizard person. Yes. If that person liked Trump, Trump would like them. Yes. Okay. Um, there is no standard for Donald Trump other than do you like me and the things I like. If you do, then I like you regardless of who you are or what you did yesterday or the day before. That's why he's got a weird assortment of relationships. Okay. That's why he's got uh, quite the menagerie there. That's trying to spark a race war kind of stuff is what that is. Especially when you know, like the the greatest sit down moment in the white house was with, um, Mr. Kardashian, what's his name? It's escaping me. I mean, oh, he, Kanye West. Kanye, Kanye West, West was actually yeah. sitting there and holding court. Right. That that's that that's not even clickbaity stuff. Okay. I mean, that's. I mean, I work in this industry daily. I can tell you guys what clickbait looks like. Okay. Have to do have to do it myself sometimes, but that's 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 a different kind of baiting. That's race baiting. That's dealing the race card from beyond the bottom of the deck. That's going off the board. That's straight up propaganda where you are trying to dehumanize an opponent. You do that as a tactic of war, guys. You do that as a, that level, that kind of reductionism of the other, to use a philosophical phrase, that is a tactic of warfare. And that's the other reason why I just can't get I, I can't join the, you know, let me hate tweet the media all day, every day, because it's not because I don't take them seriously. It's because I do. And I don't think we're taking it seriously enough. I think we're the ones that are just seeing it as clickbaity stuff. Hey, I'm out of something to write about, something to talk about. You won't believe what CNN said next. All right. I mean, it, that is such a metaphor for where we are at right now. They're over there trying to end us. We're over here trying to come up with clickbait headlines, you know, to keep the lights on next month. That is, that is, that's, that's been the dynamic my whole career. Democrats fight for a generation. Republicans fight for the next election. Democrats govern, Democrats win to govern. Republicans govern to win. Democrats go to the White House, go to, go, to, go, to, go to public office in order to do things most of the time. Republicans go to public office to be somebody most of the time. And the way that this media symbiotic relationship is playing out, where they are literally sending mustard, cultural mustard gas into the atmosphere. And we're responding with, you won't believe what, they, what catapult they launched at us today. And that's why I just, I can't. And if I have to do that to make a living, I literally, we will all go do something else and be happy about it. I, I, I just, I can't clickbait an enemy. I'm wired to fight an enemy. And it just seems like we don't, we're not, we just want to exchange leaf drops, except theirs are littered with arsenic. Ours are snarky, littered with snark and snappy. Am I wrong? No. And that's why we just don't sit here on this show and do this all the time. I just don't have the energy anymore for something that I don't think has any return on my investment. I, 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 I don't. I don't. And I may, maybe in the end, that'll make me bad at this job. And if so, okay. 
Yeah, I started in a mail room. I don't mind going back. Actually, I'd mind quite a bit. If I have to, I will. <laughs> oh, do you have a stoplight on your kitchen table to let you know when it's time to stop eating? That would be weird. Very weird, in fact. Um, you you do have a stoplight, though, that's present in your body. It just may be quiet right now. Uh, it's called OEA. It sends a signal to your brain that you're full. But for some of us, that signal just isn't as strong as it used to be, particularly as we get older. And that's why we keep on eating, keep gaining weight. We get out of balance with our metabolism. And that's why you want to get your body some help, like Riduzone. Only three ingredients. One of them's rice. The other, OEA. Uh, and it's formulated to help you know when you're full. Think of Riduzone. Uh, as your stoplight it was developed to help your stomach send a signal to your brain so that you can feel fuller naturally help you fight cravings stay disciplined and it doesn't contain caffeine so keep that in mind so this is not any kind of a stimulant all right if you want to give this a shot this is riduzone this is oea like if you drank a bottle of olive oil except you're just going to take one pill all you got to do is go to riduzone.com r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e riduzone.com and get a special offer right now if you do at riduzone.com r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e riduzone.com all right when we come back our friends at the family leader have issued some interesting invites in recent days that have caught the attention of folks on both sides of the media divide we're going to discuss whom they're inviting to their next event and why it matters next right here live and on demand on the blaze stay tuned Oh, admit it. You think cybercrime is something that happens to other people. No one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you would be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection uncrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard. For the rest of the world to see, that's why you need to take action with ExpressVPN. Secures and anonymizes your internet, I like that word, by the way, your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It's got easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. And you tur- and turning on the protection you get from ExpressVPN only t- VPN only takes one click. You can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Here's what you need to do. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN. And as in Nancy there, expressvpn.com. That's expressvpn.com slash Steve. Expressvpn.com slash Steve for three months free with a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash Steve. So we've got a pinch hitter today for our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, but the truth is he's the guy that's going to clean up the mess that they've made over the weekend anyway, so he's really the one to talk to. All right. Drew Zahn is the communications director at The Family Leader. And you guys uh, have, have made some news 
And you've been on, on both sides of the media divide. I saw a show up in my feed. I saw you guys on NPR. I saw you on Fox and Friends over the weekend. So it's, it's weird for an organization that does what you guys do and stands for what you guys stand for to simultaneously uh, earn media on Fox and Friends and NPR. That's, it's tough. Unless you really screw up, it's really tough to get, to get on both of those radars for an organization like yours at the same time. But you guys have managed to do it and without screwing up, Drew. All right, so give our, tell our audience, what is it that's, that you guys are creating waves with right now? Well, every year in the state of Iowa, uh, the uh, family leader hosts an event called the Family Leadership Summit. And we're talking first in the nation state, which is important come political time. And uh, this event uh, gathers people from the church and from government and from the worlds of business and culture and gives them basically an opportunity to speak to uh, evangelical Christians as a primary audience. And uh, back in 2015, uh, there was a lot of talk about, obviously, the Republicans who are running for president. Uh, and we invited invited several of them to come join us and talk to our people, an opportunity to sit down really on stage, not give a campaign speech, but one-on-one, get to know them, get to know their hearts. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we've done this year is extended basically the same invitation to the Democrat candidates running for president. Come talk to evangelicals. Let's sit down, have a respectful, civil conversation, get to know you, get to know what uh, drives your heart. Many of the candidates right now are talking about issues of faith. So, all right, let's sit down and have a discussion about faith. Why did you guys decide to do this? We live in a time where uh, there's so much divisiveness. Uh, and uh, people, you talked about the two sides of the media. Uh, we're seeing that uh, all over the place, and yet these candidates have come out and said, I want to represent all Americans. I want to bring unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of them have even brought up issues of faith. Said, uh, For example, Buttigieg recently said that God doesn't have one political party. Well, on that point, we'd actually agree with him. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we're going to have the, you want to lead all Americans, you want to talk to all Americans, how about you come talk to evangelicals? We'd love to hear from you. Hmm. So you guys sent these invites out when? Sent them out Friday, sent them out via email and by certified mail, and then publicly as well, uh, NPR broke the story that we had uh, made these invites. Have you heard from anybody? Uh, Directly in my inbox, um, no, Uh, but publicly, yes. Uh, We're seeing a few things come back through statements. Uh, There was a campaign official with uh, Beto O'Rourke who uh, turned us down, Uh, and then- uh, They give a reason why. uh, Well, because essentially the argument was that we are a hateful, bigoted, anti-LGBTQ group. Um, which so is a, unity for thee, but uh, for me, but not for thee, basically? Well, that is basically what's being exposed here. When you come out and you say, I want to represent all Americans, I want to talk to all Americans, but evangelicals, biblical Christians, not you, uh, that, that, that's a problem. Hmm. Who else have you heard from? Uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, we heard from Cory Booker's campaign, which parroted the same talking points. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't have a rational statement prepared. So uh, also you guys are bigots and not worthy of talking to. That is what we've been told. Okay. And those are those the only two responses you've heard from Canada yet? Uh, that I know of. There was a rumor that Buttigieg had responded as well, but I haven't seen it yet. So okay. this is all kind of breaking right in the middle of your show. So... Let's play devil's advocate here. Um, you know, I'm always counseling people that share views closer to you and I's. You know, there's no point going to a conversation that you have no chance of um, changing anybody's minds. You know, um, 
unless you're just a glutton for punishment, right? You don't don't cast pearls onto swine, right? That's a biblical notion, right? Uh, kick the dust off your sandals, move on to the next town after a while when they don't want to hear, right? So why isn't it fair that minus the the bigot language, which, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to undersell that. It's just I've been called that so many times in my life for the last twenty years that. It almost doesn't mean anything to me anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, um, why would this not? Why would they not be walking into a setup? Why? Why should they trust you? Well, one of the primary reasons is because the family leader has established some street cred on this issue, even on the very issue that we're getting the name call mm-hmm. thrown back. Um, our president, Bob Vanderplotz, uh, a few years ago, developed a genuine friendship with uh, LGBTQ leader Donna Redwing, head of the largest uh, LGBTQ group here in Iowa. And that friendship was based on the premise of civil discussion, that I really can sit down with a person who I may disagree with strongly on a number of issues and still treat them honorably, still treat them like a person and get to know them. That conversation, those private conversations, then got publicized. Their friendship was talked about in the Des Moines Register, Washington Post. So these can- And these candidates would not be unaware of that, obviously. No, when I sent the invitation, I sent them links to, uh, to this. Okay. Uh, we have demonstrated, we've been a leader in particularly uh, bringing civility to the divide between the LGBTQ community and the evangelical Christian community. Furthermore, we've demonstrated back in 2015 when we had the Republican candidates on that we can sit down on a stage and present a civil discussion. I told them that this isn't a gotcha question. We're not a media organization. We're not looking for hits to drive up our counters, right? We're not an entertainment industry. We're a legitimate Christian ministry representing uh, thousands really across the country, millions of evangelicals, and we're saying, would you come sit down, have a conversation with us? We've already shown that we can do it civilly, honorably, and respectfully. You want to represent the whole country. Would you represent us? Mm-hmm. Would you talk to us? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, Donna Redwing died about a year ago. She did, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it uh, was her lesbian partner that personally invited uh, uh, Bob to come and speak uh, and give a eulogy at her funeral. At her memorial service, yes. And I, I would imagine that uh, he w- he was, well, let me not pretend like I don't know because we're good friends. I, he was, let's just say, dramatically outnumbered uh, at that proceeding. Think that's fair? That's fair. Okay. So that again goes to, there's some credibility. There's a precedent set here. And even if, you know, you, on one hand, you want to attack Donald Trump for turning off groups of people that uh, and making them feel as if uh, in, in their words, um, you know, they're not part of a unified America. I believe Donald Trump's been on the view 18 times in his life. Does that seem like a real friendly place for conservatives to traditionally go? No. no? Okay. So, okay, but let's play. We'll, we'll be fair. All right. So you want to, and then when this invitation is extended to you, you know, if if you defeat Donald Trump, you're going to end up governing all of those people that are in that room, right? Yes. So, what does that tell you then? If 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 because what I'm hearing is if they if they're not willing to come, you guys have been under Bob's leadership, and I and yes, him and I are good friends, 
but and you've known me for years too. If if I didn't approve of something, I either would just say so, or because we're friends, I would just avoid this topic altogether and act like I'm not aware it's going on. <laughs> okay, I don't go to bat for people, even people I like, if I don't think they deserve it. Because in the end, I got to own everything that's said here. Right? That's fair. That's fair. Okay, if because I, I, you guys have been about as reasonable as you can be these last few years, without utterly abandoning, abandoning orthodoxy, at least in, in social conservative circles that I've seen. Okay. Willingness to accommodate. Um, you know, that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not saying you're the only group that doesn't, hasn't sold out American family association has celebrated their 40th anniversary. And I love those guys, but they have a bit of a different mission than what you're trying to do. Fair. Fair. In terms of groups like yours that are trying to engage, you guys have been willing as Bob's friendship with Don, I think is testament to this. You've been as willing to be reasonable and accommodating to at least hear any group I can see in our movement that hasn't abandoned its principles. So therefore, I have to ask, I, I, if, if they're not willing to talk to you, then who among the people, how, how should those that you represent and the values that you guys represent, even people listening around the country and we've heard your organization before, but would probably share a lot of the same beliefs, what message should they receive from this if in the end you guys get nobody takes you up on this? Well, there's a message here about leadership. Now, here are a group of people who are saying that they want to lead America. But where are they leading it to? If they're literally leading it to a place where the, the response is, I can't talk to you mm -hmm. because you're an evangelical Christian, or I can't talk to you because you hold a biblical view of marriage and sexuality. I can only talk to people in my echo chamber, and you go and you talk to people in your echo chamber. Is that really the America that we want led towards? At the Family Leader, we believe there's something higher. There's a, in fact, the Family Leadership Summit, the very event that we're inviting them to, the tagline is principle over politics. There is a principle here that's bigger than politics. That's why we're willing to invite Democrats to come. That's why we're willing to invite Republicans to come. Because there's something more important here uh, than, than just the politics of it all. And that's what's the direction of our country. Are we really going to go somewhere? Are we going to lead to that dark place where America is so divided we can't even talk to each other if we disagree on politics? How has uh, your base of support responded to you guys uh, extending these invites? I have to admit, I've been really pleasantly surprised. I mean, you see the numbers. We've been quoted every media interview we go on. We hear the number. 85% of evangelicals voted for Trump. White uh, evangelicals. Right? Yes, yes. Thank you. That's always pointed out, too. Yeah. Um, and so there, there is a fear if we reach out to Democrats, will there be a, a strong backlash to that? So far, I haven't seen it. In fact, I've seen the opposite. I've seen a lot of people say, thank you, good idea. Let's have that conversation. If they're going to talk about faith, if they're going to talk about how that how the, the, the interplay between faith and government and politics, let's have that conversation. Um, so far, it's been a one-sided conversation. So what's the next step now, Drew? You guys sitting back and waiting to see? There's 20 candidates, so you're 0 for 2 so far, right? But that gives you 18 other shots. You know, I would think this would be an excellent opportunity for a candidate like a Joe Biden. If he truly wants to run on, I am the adult in the room. I lived in an, I, I remember in America 
where Mr. Manischewitz wished you a Merry Christmas. Okay, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and and he wanted because in his the campaign video he put out Thursday, he tr- he played this theme up a lot against Trump. But in the end, in order to get beyond your own echo chamber, because there's already a group of people that he's got all their votes already that agree with him on that. And we learned in the last election, that ain't enough to win, okay? So he's going to have to convince some people that voted for Trump, just like Trump got anywhere from three and a half to six million, depending on the, on the analysis, a uh, million of people who voted uh, for Obama twice to vote for him. At some point, whoever the Democrats nominate is going to have to get somebody in states outside of California and New York to change their minds in this next election, right? Mm-hmm. And if if he wants to run on, I'm the adult in the room. I mean, Barack Obama went out and spoke with Rick Warren in 2008, for example. Okay, you know, this. I would think this would be an excellent opportunity for somebody like him to say, man, I've got nothing to hide. I'll go in there, you bet. I'm happy to do it. Well, this is a test of leadership right now. Uh, before they're even in office, we get a chance to see right. what kind of leaders these men and women are going to be. And the test is right now. Because if they're not willing to talk to you when they're in selling mode, then that gives you a pretty good idea of how they're going to treat you when you're out of sight and out of mind when they're in D.C. in governing mode, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're not part of their – you're not in the most favored nation constituency group list, so we don't serve your kind here basically. Yeah. But like you said, there is an opportunity. We invited a total of seven of the candidates because we have to abide by certain you know, laws being a nonprofit gotcha. group okay. and they're above a certain percentage on real clear politics average. Okay, so we invited seven of the candidates, the top seven currently. And uh, yeah, a couple of them have turned us down, but it's an incredible opportunity for the others. We earnestly we earnestly want to see someone come. Let's have this conversation. Because oh, I would love to see them come. America needs to have a conversation <laughs> about faith yeah. and how it informs our values yep. and how it informs how we would govern people, especially people who disagree with us. Drew, good to see you. Thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Real Estate Agents I Trust.com was a company started by uh, Glenn Beck and his friends a few years ago because there's so much frustration in buying or selling a home. And you run into agents who talk a good game, but when needed the most, just aren't there to deliver the results. And if you're vetting an agent, you need one that that understands these three things, the complicated process uh, of of buying and selling the real estate market and has a long track record of successfully navigating it. Someone who understands this has to go beyond algorithms. There may be a reason, for example, that home in your neighborhood is way below what you're hoping to sell your home for. Maybe uh, there was a family situation there that made them desperate to sell. You need an agent that does their homework, okay? And then third, you got to like the person because you guys are going to be working very closely together in a high, stressful situation. This is why you want to find this agent at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's different than other referral services, which are really all about helping agents find clients. In this case, it's about you, the client, finding an agent that is worthy of you. To learn more, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, Todd, I kind of feel like I've, I've come full circle on this conversation over the last couple of years, and you've been here uh, by my side while I've been doing it. You know, we started do- doing this three, four years ago, really pushing and advocating our brethren in conservative media to do more things like this and to to go on more of the uh, the, the more what we consider you know, liberally biased outlets. And I've I've kind of come full circle on this now, where I I don't think it's worth the engagement. And that's why I'm, I'm hoping at least one of these Democrats proves me wrong and takes this invite. Because you're going to govern those people if you win, whether you like them or not, right? Well, 
You know your policy on uh, on uh, international affairs has said it's too complicated to have a, a, a blanket now. The a world blanket is, dogma. Right. Yeah, too complicated. The same is true for this kind of thing. And we've experienced, we did a little tongue-in-cheek thing with talking to fellow conservatives, Republicans, and we did that, what did we call it, people who have politely declined? Yes. You know, everybody's trying to feel everybody out. You can't even have a conver- <laughs> honest conversation on our own side. So you got to be open as you are to the right time, the right moment, the right conversation, and you know full well, thrown out to all 20 of these, you, the statistics are probably not going to lie in your face, but what if you get that one? And what if it turns to be altering uh, for the entire political uh, landscape, at least for this election? It's worth doing. It's worth trying. Darren, you millennials like dialogue, don't you? Uh, yes, only if it's the kind of dialogue that I want to have. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I, I had another experience along the lines of uh, what I was just describing with with the media and an outlet that hasn't uh, shown really any interest in me whatsoever for about a year now. After having me on regularly. That's a big list. You got to narrow it down. <laughs> 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 ching. Uh, yes. It's not it's Friday yet, Todd. Yeah, it's not. Save it for Friday, Arizon. But he, 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 you know what? We kind of had a, a long weekend, so he's, he saved it up over the weekend. But a media outlet that hasn't shown much interest in me suddenly was in a, was in a frenzy to get me on on Friday, which only reinforces the, the point I don't want to be true but it is. I'm going to describe that and lay that out for you, and we'll get to our Truth Bombs book study when we come back here for Hour 2. Stay tuned. All right, back here live and on demand with hour number two here on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. You are you. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can let us know who you are. Email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And speaking of likes, if you wouldn't mind giving us a like and subscribe, a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would uh, greatly appreciate that. Uh, And thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already um today's true or this week's uh truth bombs book study coming up here in just a, a little bit uh, we recently discussed the truth bomb on the show about why millennials are embracing socialism and it's really because their parents and grandparents passed passed on to them sadly um the principles of socialism they've inherited them you know so their their their, their great grandparents went over there and across the, uh, you know, fought socialism and kept to keep it over there and or fought a Cold War to keep it over there. And then we've spent the next two generations importing it over here. That's why you want to uh, check out uh, our new friends at uh, Swiss America. They've got their Protect Your Wealth Report because this is going to impact your portfolio, your savings, your productivity, your hard work, your retirement a lot with what's coming. If you want to find out how you can shield yourself from the socialism that looks likely to come, barring revival. Here's what you need to do. Call 800-289-2646 right now. Swiss America at 800-289-2646. Or you can visit their website, SwissAmerica.com, SwissAmerica.com. You're going to discover how we the people have abandoned 
free market economics, biblical economics, really. Uh, and we are choosing the road to socialism instead and find out um, how to protect your assets and still grow your wealth. Nevertheless, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com. So I teased something at the uh, end of the hour. And um, Friday, I am, I get, and I don't want to exaggerate, okay? Um, but um, a couple of emails, a text, a couple of phone calls, and a voicemail. That, that seems like you're really trying to get a hold of somebody, right? Sure. Overly attached something. <laughs> yes. And it's a producer at, uh, at HLN. And, you know, these producers and booking producers and stuff turn over. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't, it's not the same name that used to uh, book me when I was on there quite a bit about a year ago. They had me on actually quite a bit through 2017 and uh, about two-thirds of the way through 2018. I think it was last summer, though, when they put me on with some guy from the Daily Beast. You guys remember this? Of course. And he accused me. I've never met the guy in my life. I don't know who he is. I've never heard his name. Dean something was his name. You know? And he accuses me of, uh, of being for Christian Sharia. And I'm like, I'm not. No, this isn't. I'm out. We're not having a serious conversation here. This is, this is not about any kind of a dialogue or anything of that nature. And he actually did it a couple of times. And it was, this, and it was clear they weren't going to referee this conversation at all. And so I just tapped out. Okay. They apologized to me uh, in an email. Uh, the hosts of the show, Carol Costello, uh, through her producer, expressed her um, um, regret over how the thing uh, went down, admitted they should have done a better job of moderating the conversation and said they hope to have me back. They have made, as far as I can recall, maybe I've missed one, but they've made no attempt since that day to book me on their network. Not one. I'm sure it's a coincidence, right? Probably not. Okay. I mean, I, I can understand. I, I And I don't fault them, actually. I mean, if, 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 if that's their shtick, they need to make sure they got a reliable mark, right? Someone's going to sit there and either take it or fling monkey poo back. Got to protect the brand. Yeah. I would not be your reliable mark in that case. I've already proven that there's a precedent. I'm, I'm not here to play ball. You know, I, I, I I would happily debate this individual as long as they want to have me on, but we're not having a debate. This is, you know, it's Twitter trolling. I'm out. Out of the blue, though, on Friday, they made several attempts to get me on, to have me on. The topic is North Korea claiming that Trump paid them $2 million to secure the release of Otto Warmbier, who they ended up killing anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so... They've made, as far as I can remember, and you guys work with me every day, I have, I'm have i getting older, so I do have the brain fart sometimes on names and certain things, but I've still got a, a pretty prodigious memory. We agree on yeah. that? Yeah, my, my recallability is still pretty pretty high up sure. there, right? I don't remember them making one attempt since the day I walked off the set to have me on. 
And then literally out of nowhere, I didn't have the time to do it anyway, but literally out of nowhere, I was taking my kid to Avengers at that time. <laughs> out of nowhere, they want to have me on to talk about Trump and North Korea. Why me? I, I, all these time, all these months, nearly a year has gone by, almost a year. I bet it's been seven or eight, nine months. We've got that clip in our archive. I'd have to go back and see when it's time dated, but I got to believe it's at least seven, eight, nine months ago. Yep. And they've made no attempt. I'm not on their radar, nothing. And out of nowhere, they come to me and are adamant we have to get you on to talk about Trump and North Korea. Why me? What have I been the most critical about with this presidency? Oh, if you have a proclivity to go orange man bad, impeach him, total dude code violation, it is over this issue. I can't even with the North Korea thing. Yes. I, 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 I'm, I, I, don't see. I can't. Yes. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I just can't do it. Okay. I can't, I can't, you know, I just, I was raised by a bully and I don't, I don't genuflect to bullies just by nature. So I can't handle the emasculation. I can't handle the fetting. I was even willing to tolerate tolerate it last June going into the first summit. Just to see. Just to see maybe something good will happen. Because t his, t Trump's tough talk had actually gotten some stuff from North Korea. I thought, well, maybe we'll go there. And nope, we went there and... Uh, um, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Yeah, that's what we did. We, we, we made out. We gave him hickeys. I just can't on any level. Why would they know to call me about that? Why would they know? So there's a couple of options here, folks. Okay. One is they were just desperate to get a conservative commentator. And at the last minute, and some producer said, hey, we used to have this guy on. Give him a shot. He might be available. And it used to be in this time frame. It's not that answer. It could be. I'm, I'm just. It's not. I know it's not. It's not. I know it's not. It's not. <laughs> you know, Drew is here. We just talked about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, it, that. It might be. Shh. It, but it could be. Shh, shh. No. Iron sharpens iron, Steve. <laughs> We're giving you pearls here. <laughs> now I'm interrupting myself. <laughs> <laughs> High five, Todd. <laughs> or? You're right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be they keep track of where certain personalities stand on certain things particularly when they have a certain narrative that they want to push forward. That's the one. Warmer. That's and they said, hey, we need to go into the files and find out who has been critical of Trump and North Korea from the right in the past. And after almost a year of pretending like this person did not exist, do everything we can to get this guy on the air today, right now. Which one do you think it is? Ask an answer. I like, want to see your file, though. Like, At least if, you have one, and it must be really cool. If you lived in Moscow, and RT 
after like not acknowledging your existence, said, hello, friend, we would like to have you come to the <laughs> studio to do a hit. Or if you were in Is the that middle what they're calling the it these East. days? Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. a metaphor there. Yeah. I hear you. Or in the yep. Middle East, Al Jazeera or whatever big network over there. Hello, friend. We are friends. Would you like to come to the studio? Uh, what would you think? Uh, Admiral Akbar time. It's a trap. This is like the whatever the equivalent of Michigan podcast is for Ohio State University suddenly gives Steve Dace a call. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, we just want your objective analysis, Steve. Yeah, they they clearly are keeping lists of people who are critical of Trump. And they needed somebody on this topic. And after never asking me back after I walked off the set, fairly confident in what I would say that would help them push their orange man bad narrative, we'll give that guy a call. Now, I would, knowing this, I would not have done it anyway. I, it, I didn't get most of these. I got a couple of them on my way to the movie. And then I, I saw that they had left me more messages when I got out of the movie. So like, you know, three hours later, um, I did send a nice note back just again to give them most, I'm not, as I get older, I realize there's no danger in giving people the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean exposing yourself to them. Okay. Meaning, I'll, I'll give you the chance to show me that you are well-intentioned. Doesn't, doesn't mean we're hopping into bed. I'm not signing a contract. Yeah, we're operative doing, words. Yeah. You, you show, show me. me. I'll give you, I don't, I, rather than me, I don't have to preemptively be the bad guy and pounce on you all the time. Okay? I'll, I'm happy to give you the benefit of the doubt and you show me I, that we're having, you're an honest broker. And if you are, we can consummate from there. And if you aren't, then there will be no consummation happening. Actually, the conservatives who never do that don't realize what a powerful tool they have in their quiver that they should use selectively. You need to, because you expose them. Mm -hmm. You should use it every once in a while. So I want us to remember, I'm telling you guys this story. I actually had forgotten about it with, you know, the draft, Avengers and everything. I've, I've been in a pop culture, you know, nerdgasm for the last 72 hours okay and the beauty beautiful thing was too the weather here because your kid was racing out at the drake relays mm -hmm. the weather here in the midwest terrible. this part of the mess was terrible so i had every excuse to not go do lawn work because i couldn't do any anyway every excuse just to sit there and just gorge on uh, the nfl draft and the avengers all weekend you know and so I, I had really forgotten about this that's why i didn't tell you guys about it i had forgotten about it until drew came in here last hour I was talking about making a good faith effort, give the benefit of the doubt to the other side, invite them, come now, let us reason together. And that's what made me think about the whole thing with HLN. I had forgot, it, it, it slipped my mind. So that's the reason I'm sharing this with you is in this context. So I want us to remember this day, Aaron, I want you to mark this. Okay. okay. All right. It is 1.13 p.m. Eastern time on April 29th, 2019. And I want us to see when, if ever, is the next time this network calls me back to book me on and or what is the topic. You look like you want to say something. Oh, it's going to happen 
much quicker this time, and it's going to be because of presidential politics. It'll be another thing like that, you think? Yeah. Where they're looking for someone that uh, will push a particular narrative. Uh, yeah, but it's just more now we're in Iowa again. This is the backyard of the national scene. It's just more, it's way more likely to bet that it's going to happen sooner rather than okay. later now. Okay. Now, this is where we trade places. I, I don't think it's going to. Outside of any context other than we have you on record being critical of something. Okay. And here's the thing that, you know, one of my, you guys know one of my rules of cable news is you're not allowed to attack Trump from the right. So there, so this is, you know, you're not, and frankly, you're not, in general, you're not allowed to, no matter whether it's Romney, McCain, in general, the media doesn't really like you to attack Republicans from the right. Because that upsets the narrative. That whoever is the face of the Republican Party at that given time is the furthest right any human being has ever been, could ever be, and essentially um, Attila the Hun couldn't carry their golf clubs, right? That, that's, that's the basic narrative. Can't be any more right than that person. And it doesn't matter who it is. George W. Bush, H.W. Bush, John McCain, Mitt Romney, Donald Trump. These individuals all have distinctions and differences, right? But And some of them were more conservative than others and on certain issues more than others. But the narrative must be whoever is the face of the Republican Party is the furthest right, or what we now want to call it, the alt-right now. So you're never allowed to attack from the right because that blows up the whole... That, that, that's, you know, you threw a baseball through the neighbor's window. You just did that to the Overton window when you do that from the right. So they have to know if our premise, if our theory is correct, they have to know I'm going to hit him from the right. That this isn't peace through strength. You know, I'm going to hit him from the right. That's why I don't think we're going to get another call in a long, long time, if ever. Well, Aaron, I'm not holding my breath. So, so that was just an accident then, basically, on Friday? No, they found an issue where oh, okay. they, the, gotcha. issue, the, the issue, they, they, they made the choice, which is as much as we don't like Republicans being attacked from the right, we hate Trump enough that in this particular instance, we're going to give you an audience to, to let you do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's what they were doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, would they call me if I, if, if I wrote a column that Trump didn't cut taxes enough, would they, would they call me? No. 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 If, if, if I wrote a column that said, or if we did a show, or if I put on social media that Trump's language on infanticide isn't aggressive enough, right. would they call no. me? No. no. See? You're not allowed to attack from the right. In general. That's the general rule. It's a rare exception. But on this particular Friday, apparently, and, and, and why this Friday? Let's assume the story's even true. Trump denies it. We have no way of knowing. Both sides, see, that's the thing with the Trump equation. Both sides just lie freely. Who knows? Okay. But let's even assume the story is true that the Trump administration gave $2 million to the North Koreans for them to kill Otto Warmbier anyway. That's nothing compared to the pallets of cash that, you know, we've seen Democrats deliver to the Yoon family in the past. But, but notwithstanding, what that also tells you is, you know, what also happened on Friday. What was announced on Friday? It's in, it's in, it was in your montage. Do you remember, Aaron? Oh, was it, you know, the economy? 3.2% economic growth, yeah. yeah. You're, that's, when, that's when, just when, when you're, coinciding. Hey, when, when you are looking to book segments on, did we give $2 million, which is basically like throwing pennies at hookers on a, a, on a street corner, 
We gave $2 million in, in, in a foreign policy standpoint. It's a minuscule amount of money. Okay. I get it's the principle of the thing, but that's not, but my point is when you have worked your way down to, did Trump give $2 million to North Korea or not? That also tells me you are, you are really reaching on a Friday afternoon to talk about yeah. anything other than 3.2% economic growth, right? You're reaching. Yes. But there's going to be a point a couple months away where they don't have to reach. Uh, here's I'll call my shot. They're going to call you because we're going to be talking about presidential politics and debates with, you know, multiple debates with 20 candidates. And Steve, I just have to fix it mode. We'll kick in. There's no Republicans to talk about, but he's going to watch some train wrecks happening in front of them. And he's just going to like, I I can't even. He's going to try to fix it. And they're, <laughs> and they're going to find out about that. And it's going to be a panel. Uh, and you're going to come on from the conservative side. They're going to call you for that. I think for that to happen, one of them would have to, to say or do something that would cause me to say that's a message that would resonate with reluctant Trump voters. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it could be. In, yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Tell, who? who? I, given what we've I, seen, so no, given you, what we've already seen from this field. You, you've got to trust human depravity. You, again. We did it, Aaron. <laughs> It's going to man. Do we, when, when we're done here, for, for the all, Protestant yeah. Skull and Bone Society yeah. better be buying our lunch. Okay, I just, I just want to say for all five of you, and it's the same five people all the time that email. Um, Save Todd. So, yeah, yes. yeah. Email me and Steve saying, "Hey, you need to uh, confront Todd about his idolatry because he's a Catholic." Um, listen to what he just said and stop emailing. Thank you. Yes. He's total depravating me. He, yeah, yeah we're, I'm, I'm allowing Todd to attack me. Catholic I've ever heard Todd, of. Todd, Todd is attacking me from the theological right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm allowing Todd a platform to do what the networks won't let me do to Republicans. <laughs> I can't attack Republicans from the right, but Todd is theologically attacking me from the right. So by all means, commence. I was like, you ju- no spoilers, but you just saw multiple times Endgame. Mm-hmm. The, the timelines that are coming up that you can't possibly foresee, but you know they're going to be there because total depravity. You you got to trust it. You mean so? What you're, you're going to comment on? What you're saying you to me is, out of those twenty candidates, one of them, out of just not, maybe even a, with nothing other than unadulterated ambition, yes, is going to say, "I am not going to get noticed here unless I do something different than everybody else." And the only thing different to, than everybody else is to not be different but normal. That's what you're telling me. Someone's eventually going to do. Yeah, oh yeah. Come on, man. You know it's true. Who do you think it might be? Oh, I don't know. I don't. If I, that scares me to guess that and be right about it. I don't know. It, it could be anybody. That's why I can. If I just had to bank it on one, I, I couldn't do it with as much confidence. Yeah, I mean, the obvious is Biden, but I don't think that'll be him. They're trying to kneecap Kamala Harris because she owns a firearm. See, that's what I wonder. She strikes me as cold-blooded. She'll cut you. Yeah. Amoral enough to just literally project back at you whatever you want at any particular time. And to say, hey guys, I'm from California, but America, not all of America is California. Any more than all of, you know, Republicans had to learn not all of America is Texas. Right? Can you imagine? I I would... It's not out of the realm of possibility that on stage during a debate, she's strapped and pulls it out. <laughs> Can, do you know what would happen at a Democrat debate if somebody pulled out a handgun? 
I want to see it. Do you do you know what would happen? I mean, I, I that's a that that guys that could I, be a mass casualty event. Okay, I wish I had something to contribute to this conversation, but the last two minutes. <laughs> Sometimes have left me speechless. Only Nixon can go to China, man. And I, and, and I don't I don't mean like she opens fire. I mean the reactions. Where where it's Michael Ironsides and scanners heads just they can't they just explode at the mere sight of a handgun. They just they they but sometimes they can't it doesn't they can't compute. What was that like journey to the center of the earth or the or the only way out is to go deeper? You know you're getting sucked into the black hole, but you got to realize stop fighting it, just go yeah. like. But it's, they might yeah, they, she might leap over that. Like she's willing to do that for us. Yeah, I mean, and they you know how they they will sell out on you know like because you see yeah. her saying something like. Hey, I was the one that said I would take executive action on gun control as president, but now I have followed the laws of California, which has some of the toughest gun laws in the country. Yeah. I, I, it's not that I don't believe in the Second Amendment. I, my guns, my guns, licensed. I regulated. I have a license from the state of California. Are we actually going to argue that California's gun laws aren't tough enough? No wonder Americans think that we want to confiscate their guns. Could you say something like that? Oh, and more. Isn't that essentially what uh, Matthew McConaughey said at yeah. the March for Our Lives right. a couple of years ago? Right. He's like, dude, I'm, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for gun control. I'm telling all my fellow Texans, we don't want to confiscate their guns. I come to this event and you guys are all about let's confiscate their guns. Any, any one of the Democrats could do that in the general election during the primaries. Not a one of them is going to do something like that. Hmm. The mob will not have it. No, the mob will not have it. And instead, what the mob will do is restrict free speech, um, um, restrict searches for your business or, or your name on Google, shadow ban you on Twitter and Facebook. Um, it'll uh, make shakedown corporations like cell phone companies uh, and threaten to intimidate them if they don't donate to their causes. So it's really impossible nowadays to live without a mobile phone. Uh, and if you look at even the commercials that they're competitively running against each other, they even admit now in their commercials, they all pretty much have the same in, in, from coast to coast, pretty much the same network capability strength. And there's isolated pockets here or there. Cool. I get that. But nationwide, they're all pretty much within 1% of each other. They're even saying this to each other now. So really the only difference in mobile phone companies is what they do with the money that you give them after you spend it with them. And that's where our friends at Patriot Mobile come in. They wanted to make sure conservatives have a choice. So this is America's only conservative mobile phone company, veteran-led. You'll get all the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have. But uh, instead, they will uh, spend money with causes you support, like PragerU or Alliance Defending Freedom. And with plans starting as low as $25 a month, why wait? You can call 1-800-A-PATRIOT, use the code BLAZE, uh, and they will waive your activation fee if you do that. 1-800-A-PATRIOT, use the code BLAZE when you call in. They'll waive your activation fee, or you can visit the website, patriotmobile.com slash blaze, patriotmobile.com slash blaze, and they'll waive your activation fee there as well. Okay, so we are about to embark. And in fact, let's get it started. Uh, this week's study of my new book, or my most recent book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. Endorsed by a lot of people that uh, you like a lot more than me, like Ben Shapiro, like Dan Bongino, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Matt Walsh, etc. 
And uh, we've been going through a chapter in this book uh, each week, confronting the uh, the lie that conservatives believe with a truth bomb. I liked our conversation last week because it was a very short chapter. This week, we're looking at lie number 10. My favorite politician loves me. Here's the truth bomb. You always love them more than they love you. Don't ever forget that. Always? Always. If you allow yourself to fall in love, I should say, which, by the way, that's your first mistake. I've made that mistake in the past. I'll talk about it here in a little bit. But if you allow yourself to fall in love, you will always love them more than they love you. And the reality is, even with the ones you like, they like you as long as you're of use to them. And think about think about the people that we have seen say ridiculous things both during the last primary and then general election um, and then even into the presidency. Just ridiculous things didn't have to be said to defend the president. The minute they became damaged goods, tarnished, what did Anthony Scaramucci last, what, 10 days? Gone. By the way, that's the way this works. This isn't a family. It's not a religion. It's it's politics. It's how we conduct civil war in America. And when soldiers are when soldiers are, are have are too shot up to fight. When they're too injured to fight. When When, when, when they're too rattled, broken anymore to fight. We don't continue to put them on the front lines, do we? No. No. So that's how it works here too. Different context, obviously. Different kind of fighting. But when, when you're not in the best fighting shape and you're no longer an asset to the cause, you're no longer there. So I don't, I don't really blame the people that, I don't really blame Donald Trump for moving on from people. Every politician does this. Everyone does. And always will. And always has. I blame the people who made themselves ridiculous clowns of themselves for no reason and voluntarily put themselves in a position to no longer be of use. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk more about this chapter and my, I have my own story that explains why I included this in the book. And we'll get to that here when we come back live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. Millions of Americans are living with uh, with chronic pain, inflammation every day, spending a couple thousand dollars a year potentially uh, to combat that pain. Uh, a lot of Americans are saying in surveys they just are coming to grips with the fact they're going to have to live with that pain for now on. There's nothing to do about it. Well, 
We have had so many people here at The Blaze over the years see outstanding results with a product called Relief Factor. It's 100% drug-free, created by physicians. Four key ingredients that, that help you win your body's fight against inflammation, which is you know, the number one reason why people uh, struggle with chronic pain. And right now you can get a trial pack for essentially a dollar a day. Now they offer this trial pack because every time they do, the percentage of people that decide they want to stay on this on a regular basis is overwhelming when they get a chance to try it. All right. So it's just 1995 for a three week quick start. Um, and I'm doing mine right now. I'll let you know how it goes. The uh, the early results are pretty promising, but I'm going to give it a few more days before I give it a glowing review. You've got nothing to lose except maybe the pain. It's only 19.95. Give it a shot today. Relieffactor.com. Again, the website is relieffactor.com. Drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and fight chronic pain and inflammation. Relieffactor.com. So let's get to uh, this week's chapter in the book. My favorite politician loves me is the lie. The truth bomb is you'll always love them more than you or more than they love you and never forget that. And the idea for this chapter, and I, I talk about this in the beginning of the, of the chapter, came from my, my own personal experience in, in the 2008 Iowa caucuses. And um, it was really the first time I'd had a position of influence uh, on a national level. And I kind of stumbled into it. I really wasn't aware of how prevalent WHO radio, which is where I was working at the time, really was in the state of Iowa. I mean, I kind of knew, you know, um, but I had no idea. There's One thing you'll learn in this business is you can have an audience and not have influence. And you can have an influence that far exceeds your audience size. Meaning it's one thing if I can get you to listen or watch. It's another thing if I can get you to act. Can I get you to act? If you want to know why sports talk radio has been such a popular and profitable format in radio, despite the fact sports talk radio stations are often among the most lowest rated Arbitron stations in most markets, it's because while their audience isn't large, it's active. They, it, it's similar to a NASCAR. They get people to act on those products. And so that's why it's typically been a pretty profitable format. Can I get people to act? That's influence. And, you know, we get to the 2008 Iowa caucuses, and I've got Ruth Marcus from the Washington Post, Byron York, who was then at National Review, all these national media people, Fox, all these networks. You know, I'm, I, I was just doing sports talk radio a couple of years ago before this myself, you know? And, and all of these people and entities, Howard Kurtz, now at Fox, who was then at Newsweek, all coming into my studio on, an, on a regular basis, all these candidates, their, their associates calling me on my cell phone. I'd never, no one warned me this was going to happen. And I really had no idea what using, just saying on my show, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I kind of like this Mike Huckabee guy. And I get to the Iowa straw poll that summer. And the Huckabee campaign, rain, see the way the Iowa straw poll used to work is the campaigns had to buy tickets from the party. That was the fundraiser. And it was based off of how many people you thought you get to show up to vote and you couldn't vote without a ticket. So it's a test of your organizational strength. How many people can you turn out? And in case there's an overflow, they do sell tickets there, but the campaigns have to buy them. The Huckabee campaign had to go for a ticket refill at least twice 
because the crowd they brought in way exceeded what their own their own data and estimates showed them they were going to bring in. And that was really the first time I started doing the math in my head. I'm like, wow. You know, I wonder, we've already, we're kind of helping him reach an audience he wasn't able to reach already. You know me, I'm kind of, hit me, hit me, double down, double down, go big or go home. That's kind of my motto, right? So for the next four months leading up to the caucus of themselves, I went all in and I went all in on Romney. And I've got all these writers and people. I remember one day at the state fair, Byron York just hung out in my studio all day long. And that kind of goes to your head, man, when you're new at this, right? Caucus night comes. Huckabee has this huge win. It's the biggest turnout ever, any, any Republicans ever had in the history of the Iowa caucuses. And I got people coming up to me, taking pictures and stuff, you know, we're days really here because we're here about a money your show, yada, yada, yada. This goes on for hours because you're the winner too. Everybody wants to talk to you. It's the old JFK line. Victory has a thousand fathers and defeat is an orphan, right? So he's doing all the media. And so I'm kind of, in a way, a stand-in where a lot of his supporters in state that wanted to talk to him, they're coming to talk to me now instead. And and we get he gets done with all of his media, and I'm 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 in the few people left that have hung around because this is like two hours after the caucuses are over. And he comes up to me, shakes my hand, and says, in front of these other people, who was just who were just taking their picture with me early in the evening, he says, um. Thank you, Scott. We couldn't have done it without you. Oh. I froze. The people around me, and then he just moved on because New Hampshire starts in five minutes and left. And I froze. The people around me froze. Um, I had a Barry Bonds-like head experience where my ego had swelled my head over the course of these hours, it instantly went back to natural size. And I could hear gasps, laughs. My wife was there with me. Amy just kind of looked at me. And then you know what I did after I thought about it for a second? I burst out laughing right there. I, and, we, and we went out to the parking lot, got in the car, went home. I laughed all the way home because I realized what had just happened. What had, what had just happened is um, God had just given me a very public spanking, a reminder. So I don't blame Huckabee for not, I mean, how, how many hands do you think he shook that night? And people you think he talked to? A lot. A lot. So this isn't about him, you know? Um, it's about me. I, I mean, I, I, I let, remember the movie Almost Famous? Yes. Philip Seymour Hoffman says to the, the, the kid, they made you think you were cool, didn't you? You're not cool. Don't let them think. That was his warning, right? Yeah. When you go on tour, I I allowed myself to let them make me think I was cool. I committed the almost famous mistake. No, I'm not. Just a guy named Steve. And so the lesson I learned from that evening is one of the reasons I chose to write this chapter. And it is one of the most fascinating chapters because it, uh, it's it, you made yourself incredibly vulnerable by writing this, and you did that to to 
tie yourself into the public because just within the last two weeks we were talking about and i i know i was very overt about it when i pointed in the camera and said you know this is on before anybody else it's on you the people of the right you let your country come uh, to this point. And here at the end, you talk about something the Republican said once. Do you think the people are really willing, let alone able, to truly govern themselves? Well, you are tying yourself uh, into that statement. And this has happened to people. I mean, this is the preacher and the president's the story about Billy Graham. I mean, this is why he was so blindsided by Richard Nixon. He he, being the, the preacher to the presidents over and over and over again. It made him think he was cool in a way that blinded him to the gospel. So that, this happens. You're identifying. So you, you you let people understand that before then, you give them the antidote. That's what I find fascinating. And the antidote is to be merciless. Uh, and you say, I suppose I'll just have to settle for a high body count. We all have our crosses to bear. As one of my radio mentors taught me many years ago, if at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. I guess what I'm trying to say with some subtlety is that if you're part of the problem, please don't get out of the way. Rather, stay right where you are so that we can run over you on the way to the solution. I, I, this, is, this is something I think about a lot. If this is not The way to not get trapped in that is to not be neat and be tidy. Mm-hmm. S- seek justice. Fear God. Tell the truth. And that's, not, you, you know, you're going to have people's feelings get hurt. I, I, there's, I, I firmly believe that. There's, I just experienced that in a social setting yesterday where... Uh, people just needed to hear the truth and it made a lot of people uncomfortable and I just didn't care because the, in in real life, writ large, there's just people living their lives in the way that is drunk on what you're talking about. How do you wake them up? How do you snap them out of it? They're really, and you've had to learn the hard way. All of us do. I did too. When it comes to the truth, it's its own reward. Let the lion out of its cage. Be no respecter of persons. That's what I got out of this chapter. And I think it's as well done of a chapter. And it's not that long. It's not that complicated. It's just raw and unfiltered. Aaron? This is the best argument, I think. This chapter is the best, best argument to view and treat your politicians in a purely utilitarian, transactional manner. Really. Yes, they're human beings too, made in the image of the, you know, made in the Imago Dei. But as far as this arena goes, they are purely tra- because I've heard so many. I, I hear this pretty regularly. I can't even guess how many times you hear this, Steve. Something along the lines of "We're hurting our Christ- Christian witness by supporting Trump." Now, if you're p- apologizing for his, um, you know, various escapades sexually and morally, um, yeah, yeah, you're hurting your witness. Voting for the guy, if you if you see it merely as a transaction, I don't think you can hurt your hurt your Christian witness. Mm-hmm. But this chapter, because these politicians, the vast majority, the the vast majority of them, are not crusaders. They're either gangsters or groupies, um, or at least they are in between some phase of those. We cannot allow ourselves to inflate them to some proportion that they really don't deserve and never did and probably never will because they are a mortal man just like you i think this chapter was the best argument again the best reminder maybe is a better way to put it that when you look at politicians look at which ones and again we look at character look which ones have the highest character and then from then from then on um you know character and you know willpower follow through 
uh, just make it all about transaction because there is very little, as we've said many times, very little aspirational going on here. I saw, speaking of the 08 Huckabee campaign, Joe Carter, who's now with the Gospel Coalition, I think he was on that campaign with me, I think, on, more, on a national level. And I, I said, saw something he had put in on, posted on Twitter condemning or criticizing, condemning is a really strong word, I didn't mean to do that, uh, criticizing the notion of, of looking at this transactionally. But if Joe were here, I would tell him, I think you're offering a false choice. And he was doing this in the context of criticizing the double standard of, you know, of, you know uh, Trump's adultery is okay, but Pete Buttigieg's homosexual, uh, homosexual marriage is bad. Because we have seen in recent days, um, shall we say, a prominent evangelical leader just, you know, plant rakes in his front yard and just say, hey, guys, roll tape while I step on these, right? I, I don't know. don't really need to go into it. Enough's been said about that already. Um, proof, you know, enough people aren't listening to us when we warn them. But it's a false choice, I think, that Joe is offering. He thinks he's offering the antidote to what those Christian leaders are doing. He's offering another variation of it. Because would you knowingly do business with somebody you, that you didn't think on any level you could trust? No. No. See, it's a false choice, isn't it? Yes. It's a false choice from the beginning. You wouldn't knowingly do business or partner with people on any level that you couldn't trust. If I, if, 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 if I choose to vote for Trump in 2020, it will be for the two reasons I articulated. One, um, I need, a, I need some, to put something between me and the Democratic Party. Two, he has done enough things or any things to convince me on, at least on, the, on these levels, I can trust him to do what's in my best interests. This goes back to how we just started the show on the, on the infanticide debate. Let me put this in a sports context. I've, I have never rooted for Ohio State in my life, and I never will. But there are times that you would have come to my house and watched me watch a sporting event where guys wearing Ohio State jerseys were in there and thought I was rooting for them. I wasn't. You were rooting for you. I'm rooting for May. May. Because it's in my best interest as a fan or a prognosticator or a professional analysis I've given that I needed to be right. Meaning it was in my best interest for, for this outcome to have Ohio State win. But I don't care about Ohio State. I'm not a fan. I'm never going to be one. I'm a fan of me and my self-interest. That's what I'm a fan of. Now, the difference between a Christian self-interest and a pagan self-interest is a Christian self-interest includes what's in the best interest of the calling Christ has put on their lives. That's why sometimes we have a hard time aligning with worldly interests. It's hard to get those things to coincide. So I, I don't really care if Donald Trump's calling him out for infanticide or frickety frack. I don't freaking care. 
I just know that they're all going to come out and say, honestly, what I've been trying to get them to say in my entire career, they're going to finally admit, yeah, we want to kill these kids. That's what I've been trying to just get them to admit this all this time. And if it's Donald Trump that'll get him to admit didn't do it, or that light post, or you, or yakety yak, don't come back, or grease lightning, or Frankie Avalon. I don't know, I'm just randomly drawing things I've seen recently on a screen. You know what? It's in my interests to get the baby killers to admit we want to kill babies. That's in my interest. So since it's in my interest, guess what? I'm for it. If I can't do something without besmirching my character, guess what's not in my interest? Doing that. So guess what I won't do? That. See, I think all these things that are being offered to most of us are all false choices. And largely these false choices stem from, I want you to affirm my particular theoretical, philosophical view or position or preference in this area. Or emotion. Or emotion, even more basic, yeah. So our friends at home, Title Lock, want you to know the story about this couple in Portland, Oregon recently, uh, online thieves in the U.S. and abroad. So they got hit both ways there. Found the couple's home title exposed on a website. So they forged documents. So it looked like they were the new owners. Borrowed thousands of dollars against the property's equity. Couple didn't even know about it until the late payment notices started pouring in. Then it got worse. The foreign bank foreclosed, had them evicted from their own home. They spent a small fortune trying to fight back against this. It's unfortunate. They didn't hear about Home Title Lock because they could have just done this for pennies a day. Home Title Lock takes those pennies a day and puts a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage. It's the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have in their lifetimes. So here's what you need to do to protect your most valuable investment. Go online to HomeTitleLock.com right now. These are normally $100, but it's free today for our listeners and viewers at The Blaze. They will do what's called a title scan and then report. They're going to look at, has your home's title already been tampered with? Has it already been compromised? All right. They'll do that for you for free today at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Got about 30 seconds. Any final words? Final words? Can't wait till I talk to tomorrow about... Uh movie yes show and there's no way we can do it without spoilers so we're gonna warn you okay pop culture tuesday tomorrow we go and break down avengers endgame and the themes therein right here live and on demand on the blaze until then john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network